we are now beginning a new series. We finished the book of Genesis and we spent about six months in Genesis, but today what we're going to be doing is beginning our series on core values. And there are five core values that we have here at Genesis, and so for the next five weeks we are going to be touching on each of those values. You know, people are amazing in the things that they gravitate to. And there are remarkable things happening that if you don't get outside of your walls very often, you might miss. There is something that happens regularly called Comic-Con. Comic-Con is where grown adults dress up like comic characters or will go to see people who are in the movies, whether it's the, you know, the Avengers, Captain America, you name it, everything from, you know, the Lord of the Rings, everything that involves some kind of character, they will go and flock in the thousands. And you might think this is silly. For people to dress like this. That's unreal. There are other people who think that that's silly. It's these people. These people will not dare be seen at Comic-Con. But they will take off their shirts and paint their bodies with their favorite sports team and they will jiggle out there in front of everybody because they want everyone to know the support that they have for their team. And you see, what it is, is we as human beings need to connect to people. We are drawn to these things, and someone will lead this and say, Hey, Joe, I got an idea. Let's go make costumes, dress up like our favorite comic book character, and go to Comic-Con. And Joe will say, I've never done anything like that before. Come on, Joe, you can do it. Okay. Harry, what? I got an idea. Let's take our shirts off and paint our bodies red. Or half of them. And put symbols on us. And we'll go there and hopefully be seen on national TV. And he says, okay. And if you were to see Joe or Harry, you would think, don't do that. It's a bad idea. <laughs> but someone inspired them enough to lead them into this endeavor. And not all endeavors are silly. Many of you have seen the ALS challenge. Many of you have taken a bucket of ice water and dumped it over your head. The bucket I dumped did have ice in it. I've been accused of not dumping ice water, but it did have ice water on it. You see, someone had the idea and the intention to do something, and it is connected with hundreds of thousands of people. They've raised over $500 million for this cause because someone was on mission to see something take place. And that is what our first core value has to do with. And, and we've given ourselves these metaphors. Wind is the metaphor, and this metaphor is standing for mission is why the church exists. 
Mission is a purpose, something that we are directed to, something that we want to see accomplished. And so we were going to look at what is that mission. And before we even get to that, we need to say, what is the church? As many of you know, we don't usually use the name church. And for some people, that's a big problem. Oh, no, we say the word committee. Why don't you say the word church? Are you a cult? No, we're not a cult, but we're trying to have a conversation with people. And the word church, let's face it, it has some bad connotations throughout history. Some people say, I don't want to go to church, but they'll go to Genesis. Oh, yeah, we have a group. We meet every Sunday. It's a community, a community. Yeah, it's not a cult. You have to kind of keep re-emphasizing that, you know. It's not a cult, you know. But remember, we don't go to church. We are the church. The church is a gathering of people. Months ago, I talked about this, probably eight months ago or maybe longer, maybe years ago. But I did talk about it. I remember that the word church is actually a transliteration. The word is not actually found in the original scriptures. The word ecclesia, which means a gathering is, but then it got translated into Latin. Latin got translated into German, and the German word got translated into kirche, which meant a building, and that became church that we see in our translations there. That was brief, that was quick, and that was harmless, right? And so the idea of church is not a building it is not an organization it is a group of people and the group of people are on mission they have a purpose they have a goal and you see just like joe and harry can get one another to go and dress up as comic characters or just like people can get people to dump ice on their head for a cause there is a purpose that we are here it is to see something take place And it is why we gather here. And these five core values that we're going to be going over, they are the things that direct all that we do here at Genesis. The reason I feel it's important to talk about these things or try to at least once a year is so that we remind ourselves what we are about. So that everything that we do comes from these core values. And so right now we're in a conversation talking in thinking about, well, should we get a building and rent a building that we can actually use for everything and not just a school and not just an office space? Well, does it fit in our core values? How does it fit in our core values? And it's not that it doesn't, but we want to make sure that if it is going to be something we pursue, that it doesn't stray outside of what we hold at the core of who we are at Genesis. And that's why we are going to be going over these things. And so the first one, mission is why the church exists. And the wind is the metaphor. Why do we use wind as a metaphor? Well, in John chapter 20, it says, And Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said. Now, the word breathe that he used is the word pneuma. The word pneuma means breathed. It also means spirit. It also means wind. The same is true in the Hebrew. The word ruach means breath. It means wind and it means spirit. And here as Jesus as beginning this movement, sending his disciples out, what he does is he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive one another's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And so we start to see right off the bat, he sets them on a mission. And this mission is very important because what it is doing is establishing who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to function. Even what he says there when he says, Whoever's sins are forgiven, if you don't forgive them, they won't be forgiven. If you do, they will. It's like, what the heck is that about? Do I have the ability to forgive sins? No, you don't, by the way. But what you do have the ability to do is represent Jesus and what he is doing. And so we can be a part of the work that God is doing. Jesus breathed on his disciples. It's reminiscent of Genesis chapter 2 where God breathed into man and he became a living being. It is giving life. And Jesus gave life to this movement. But you see, it's important to understand that breath has to go both ways. Do something with me. Everyone take a deep breath and hold it. Take another deep breath. And another one. Could you keep taking deep breaths? No, everyone, go ahead, let it out. I don't want anyone passing out on me, okay? If you do not exhale, you will die. Your breath has to come in and it also has to go out. And you see, the problem that has happened or has been so much a part of what people see as church is all they're doing is breathing in. It's all about me. It's all about us. It's all about what we can do. Let's get another group. Let's have another committee. Let's have another function. Okay, we've got something for the kids. We've got something for the adults. We have something for the women. We have something for the single women. We have something for the widows of single women. We have something for the men. We have something for the young adults. We have something for the older guys who can't read anymore. We have something for... And we'll have something for everything to meet everybody and we'll not go to churches because they don't have something that meets my need. And it's become a consumer environment. It's no longer about what we do or where we're going. It's no longer about breathing out. It's just breathing in. We're breathing in. I want, I need, what about me? We don't have anything for this. And pretty soon we are dying because we are not on mission. And we are not breathing out. What Jesus began, began with his breath into his disciples. And he says, what I have done now, you are to do. You are now my representatives. In Acts chapter 1, we see that this continues. And in Acts chapter 1, we see once again that Jesus is beginning something. And he's beginning with his disciples and starting at verse 1. He says, in the former book, Luke is writing, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do. Now, he says began to do, but this is at the beginning of the book because the whole book of Acts is what Jesus continues to do. But Jesus continues to do this through people. The breath that he gave his disciples is now being Breathe out into the world. 
And so he goes on to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? What a question. Because in the Hebrew mind, restore the kingdom of Israel was what was supposed to happen. The Messiah was come and he was to bring us from exile, bring restoration. That's how it works, right? But isn't it interesting? Jesus tells them, you need to wait for the promise. And they say, so now are we going to get that restoration? And Jesus says to them, it is not for you to know, verse 7, the times, dates the Father has set by his own authority. You should highlight that the next time you go to a prophecy conference. You should just keep that one in mind. Okay, just saying, okay, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, so he said, it's not for you to know the, ta- the dates the Father has set into his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You are to be my witnesses here and to the ends of the earth. And if you remember in Acts chapter 2, when they were gathered together, the Spirit came on them like a rushing wind. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the book of Acts is that wind of God blowing through the world. And it is to continue with us. That is why we are here. That is our mission, to take this message of who Jesus is, what he has done, and to take it to the rest of the world. That is our job. That is our purpose. That is how we paint our bodies and dress up. That is how we clothe ourselves with this intention, with this purpose, so that it's clear that we are people who have a vision. You see, if we aren't clear on this, we will just get together. We'll eat ice cream with all the fixings. And it was amazing last night. But that's not why we exist. Everything that we do is to be a invitation to the people and to the world around us so that they can see who we are and what we are about. It's why we exist. It's what we are here for. It's what we are intended to do. And so what does this look like? How does this show up? Well, it's supposed to work in and through us. I don't have it written down, but go to Acts chapter 8. Because there's another incident that takes place in Acts chapter 8 that's really amazing. And it takes place with this Ethiopian and Philip. And down in chapter 8, verse 26, 
says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the Lord, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Let's just stop there, okay? Anyone else think, what's this angel of the Lord stuff about, right? You read stuff like that and just like go on. Isn't that kind of a big deal? And the angel of the Lord said to Philip, whoa, 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 back up. How do we get these angel of the Lord speaking to us? Because I kind of would like an angel of the Lord to tell me which way to go. You see, when you are a person of the wind, when you are a person of the Spirit, then the Spirit has your ear. Because you are in a living relationship. You are inhaling the breath that Jesus gives, and you are then exhaling that breath to the world around us. There is this communion that is taking place, this constant relationship. And so you get a sense and you think, oh man, I think I should go talk to that person. I was in Starbucks Wednesday. You can find me there Tuesday too, but I I was there on Wednesday... And I I had a conversation with a person and they were talking to me and then this other lady came in the conversation and as we were talking, I just had this sense that this woman has had some misconceptions about what it is to be a follower of Christ based on things that have happened to her. I just had this sense. It was based on the things that she was saying and I felt like it was the sense that I was getting that whisper in my ear saying, she's been hurt. And then I was able to steer my conversation with her about what the church is supposed to be and about what it's not supposed to be, about who we are supposed to be and who we are not supposed to be. Now, it doesn't sound as dramatic as the angel of the Lord said to Sam, but I like to believe that The Spirit of God has my ear and can lead me and us in that same way. So that now the Spirit of the Lord is ministering. The breath of God is now breathing out and Philip hears it. And the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south on this road, verse 27. So he started out on his way and he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians, in case you were wondering what Candake means. Now you know. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Just blow this way. Go to that chariot, stay near it. He didn't tell him anymore. He just said, go by the chariot, stay near it. So he goes. I don't know how fast the chariot's going. Maybe he's like, I'm kind of staying with the chariot. The chariot's gone, so he's there staying with the chariot. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard, so it was going pretty good, heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. How cool. Chariot ride. Sat with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, 
Who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. See, Philip was on mission. And that mission took him to the chariot, took him in the chariot, took him to a conversation with this Ethiopian, took him into a conversation about the good news of who Jesus was. You don't know where you will go if you are a child of the wind. You don't know how God will lead you, where God will lead you. And if you find that a little bit frightening, good. It's meant to be exciting. Oh no, God's going to send me to Ethiopia. I'm going to have to learn what Kandake means and all these things. Don't worry about the next step. Worry about the voice. Because God is not going to take you anywhere that he is not going to make you useful. In fact, that's a good way to tell if you shouldn't be someplace. God led me here. You know, you're not very useful here. No, God wants me to sing. Maybe not. (laughs) If you're useful there, you can be of use. And God is going to direct you where you can be of use for his purpose. But it is on mission. And so Philip is going, hearing the Spirit of God breathe into his ear, and he goes to the chariot, and he brings this understanding of who Jesus is to this person. And that is what's supposed to be taking place in our lives. We are people who are with purpose. We are people who are moving forward. It's how it's supposed to take place. Jesus said that we are to come and follow him. And I will send you out to fish for people. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, then what I'm going to do is teach you how to fish for people. That's the mission. And you see, what's taking place is, if you follow me, I will give you a purpose for living that's worth dying for. If you follow me, I will give you a reason to live and invest your life that is worth your life. Because we are all looking for that purpose. We all want to be a part of something and God is now inviting us into his purpose, his mission. And if we recognize that that's our purpose, then it postures ourselves to be set in a place where I can hear that voice. God, are are you wanting me to talk to somebody? Are you wanting me to start something, to do something? Are you wanting me to be involved? And what is the purpose of it? How is it going to be a part of your purposes? What is the intention of what it is I'm doing? And... What then happens to us is we start having a dialogue with God about how we dialogue with the world around us. If I'm being called to be a person who fishes for people, what bait do I use? Well, it depends. Are you at Comic-Con or are you at a football game? Because the bait might be different. 
Are you at a college or are you at a factory? Are you in Mexico or are you in Haiti? The bait that we use depends on who we're fishing for, right? And so it's not like one bait fishes all. I don't fish, so I can't go to too many fish analogies, okay? There's lures, there's flies, there's worms, and I don't know which one catches which fish, okay? All I know is it was Shark Week, okay? (laughs) And and they catch you, (laughs) you don't catch them, right? But you have to have the right bait if you're going to catch the right fish. But for some reason, we think that one bait fits all. And so we think, okay, I've got to learn how to to fish for people. I've got to learn how to witness, right? I, I hate that mentality. Now, what you need to learn how to do is hear the Spirit and then have the conversations that you're supposed to have. Didn't you love that Philip didn't initiate that conversation that, I mean, all he did is say, what are you doing? And then it took over from there. The wind just blew everything else. I mean, I've been in conversations where I'm talking to someone and they all of a sudden start talking to me. Hey, do you know anything about the Bible? Little. (laughs) What did you want to know? And the conversation kind of takes itself. I have more conversations with people when I tell them I'm a dog trainer than with when I'm a pastor. If I want to have a meaningful conversation, it starts, I'm a dog trainer. If I want to have a shallow conversation, it starts, I'm a pastor. Oh, because that's usually the end of the conversation. Or it might be, yeah, well, you know, I go to church, you know, I've been a part of this church for years, and all my family did this, and I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah, I didn't want to know, but thank you for letting me know, you know, I just, but when I saw all my dog, oh, you are? I have a dog. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. And then they'll go on a conversation. How'd you get into dog training? Well, this is what I do. Is that what you do for a living? Well, I'm also a you know a person who leads a community. I don't use the word pastor, um, but it's not a cult, okay? Uh, <laughs> but then the conversation starts, and I've shared this before. I did training for one family, and the mom, who was a doctor, called me didn't know anything else about me except that I was a dog trainer and said, my son really looks up to you, the dog trainer. (laughs) But my son is using drugs and is in bad situation. Can you talk to my son and help him? There's the wind. Whoa, here I am. I didn't start that conversation. I'm the dog trainer. But the wind will blow you to places where you can then have conversations. The wind will take you to places and will lead you into the place to have a conversation. And it's not going to seem forced. It's not going to seem strenuous. It's not going to be, hey, how you doing? Good. Um, Just grabbing lunch. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. <laughs> huh? <laughs> okay, well, it's actually, you know, salad. Uh, and all of a sudden, everyone feels awkward, and then I did my job, God. <laughs> God's saying, I didn't ask you to do that. <laughs> Let him eat his salad. We want to make something happen, but it's something that should be a part of our DNA that happens because of who we are. And if we will follow after Jesus, if we call ourselves Christian, if we want to be people who follow after Christ, then Christ's intention is to make us people who fish for people. And it will be among people who you are already in the same water with. It will be people, or he'll lead you to other waters, but he'll show you how to fish. He'll show you what bait to use and get you to the place where you need to be. Every follower of Christ is a part of God's commission. And at Genesis, this is the core of who we are. We are to be a people that are on mission. Our mission is to find ways to communicate the good news of who Jesus is to the world around us. And so we'll use spoken word and we'll use food and we'll use trips to Mexico and we'll use whatever we can to help us. We'll use our conversation, our vocation whether you're a dog trainer, whether you're a person in construction, it doesn't matter. There are people in the water that need someone to follow. And Jesus said, come and follow me. I'll make you a fisherman. Can you do the same thing with the people around you? Now, you won't use the same words because you probably don't fish. It probably isn't applicable. You're not a rabbi in Jewish culture. But you still have the opportunity to lead, just as someone led the ALS challenge, just as someone led Joe and Harry to go to Comic-Con or the football game. You can lead people into a conversation with Jesus. But first, you have to be led. It has to be a part of your life. Matthew 28 18 to 20, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Think about that right there. You've got all power. You have all authority. It's been given to you. Perfect place. Take it over, Jesus. Right? You've got it. Use it. What does he say? All this power authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus says, I've been given all power and all authority, he tells us to go? I would say, are you coming too? Right? Because you've got all the power and you've got all the authority. Why don't, why don't you just go? I think you could do a better job than me. But the whole purpose of this is I have power. I have authority. I am sending you. Why? Because now you are my voice. I have breathed into you. And the wind of God is now to fill our lungs and we are to exhale 
the good news to the world around us. It is why we live. It is how we live. If we do not have an intention in our lives to be people who are of the wind and to share this news, then we are missing the point. All power, all authority means nothing if we are not connected to it. To be connected to it, he says, go. And while we go, we find that he is with us. You will never find a more exciting life than being person who is led by the wind. And as God breathes into your soul, it will quicken you, make you alive. You know the word inhale, inspire. It's the whole idea. You're filling with breath. You are filling with life. You are filling with the spirit. Are you want to be inspired? Or do you want to be inspired? Then be filled. But to be filled, you have to exhale. Otherwise, it does you no good, and it does the world no good. Now, at this point, what we usually do is worry about how do I do this? How do I share? How do I have these conversations? And let's try and unlearn some things, okay? Harry and Joe don't have any problem inviting their friends to come dress up, paint their bodies, go to a football game or Comic-Con. They don't have... It's just something that's a part of their life. They want to do it. If you're having a question, how do I do it? There's probably something that you need to do first. In other words, before you have this conversation, maybe you need to ask yourself, am I... I in the conversation? Am I having the dialogue with God? And is he someone who has breathed in my life? And is he someone who is inspiring me? Because when you find out something amazing or even something terrible, you let people know. Many of you know already about the earthquake that took place up in Napa County. It was all over Facebook. I text my cousin and, and Bill up north, asked, how are you guys doing? Everything okay? Heard, yeah, everything's okay. You know, the power's out in their home. Power's out at the church at Cornerstone, but they're still meeting this morning, and so things are... But the, something big happened. It was a 6.1 big, right? And you don't just say, huh, that was an earthquake. Look at all the cupboards are falling and everything. Oh, look at all the things broken. Okay, go back to bed. No, you talk about it. It's something that's monumental. Something monumental happens in your life. You, you talk about it. Is God monumental to you? Or is he incidental? Is God important in a priority or is he taking another place? Maybe the reason you have nothing to share is because you haven't breathed anything in. And when something happens and God takes hold of you and inspires you, then now you have something to exhale and give to others. So I, I would say, don't worry about how you do these things. Jesus said, just, just wait. 
Wait in Jerusalem. The Spirit's going to come. He's going to fill you. And then you'll be my witnesses. He didn't say, go wait when you're filled with the Spirit. Then I will give you amazing arguments. You will be able to dialogue, debate. You'll blow everyone out of the water. No, he said, go wait. You will be my witnesses. How? How is that going to happen? Just wait. Just be filled. Let God take hold of your life. Let him be a reality to you because it seems to me that if God is real, I shouldn't have to manufacture inspiration that if God is real, then he is big enough, powerful enough and able to do what is amazing. He was able to whisper in Philip's ear. He's able to whisper in my ear. He's able to lead him there. He's able to lead me. He is able to give him wisdom. He's able to give me understanding. He gave him passion and ability. He will do the same thing for you. I'm afraid I don't like talking to people. Oh man, I, I'm terrible at talking to people. I, I, yeah, yeah, we know. Uh, it's not something I'm prone to do. But something took hold of me that I cannot contain. There is something that has happened in my life that I will explode if I don't share it in some way and in somehow. There is a God who is real, who has now indwelt me, and he is bigger than I can contain. And I can't keep inhaling without exploding. I have to exhale. And it is my purpose in life to take what has happened to me and share this in some way, somehow to those I love, to those I come in contact with, to anybody I can, to anybody who the Spirit will whisper into my ear, I want to whisper this amazing good news to them. Because it has changed my life. And the people who are on mission, the people who start things that raise $500 million or get people to paint their their bodies are people who know what their mission is you know those two guys who were dressed up they didn't just show up there and say hey you're dressed up in red too look at together we make a word <laughs> it didn't just happen they said hey you be the o and i'll be the h and we'll figure out the rest of it right we'll get four more people and we'll be our team unless we're the panthers we'll get a lot more people it had intention. We are going to make this happen. And there was someone who said, I got an idea. I'm going to call Joe. I'm going to call Harry. This is what I'm going to do. And they pitched them the idea. Take off your shirt, paint your body purple, and we're going to go down and be on the TV. And they said, yes. You're on mission. Do you have intention? I've got an idea. I'm going to talk to my friend who I know is having problems in this area. I'm going to ask him, how are you doing? I'm going to take him out to coffee. I'm going to go with intention. I'm going to listen to what's happening to him. And I'm going to wait for the Spirit of God to whisper in my ear, to breathe and say, ask him if he believes in God. Invite him to come with you to Genesis. It's not a call. <laughs> but unless you have intention, you will do Nothing. And you see, 
we exist as the followers of Christ with a purpose. He's been given all power, all authority, and he's telling us, go. I'll be with you to the end of the age. If you don't go, you won't be aware that he's with you. If you don't go, you will miss that inspiration, that feeling, that breath that will take you to where you need to go. We don't do church. We are the church and we have a purpose. We have to have intention. We have to have inspiration so that we can have this declaration of good news and it's real and it's meaningful and it's not trite and it's not fabricated and it's not laborious. It is just natural because the God of all creation has breathed into my life, his life, has inspired me. And he's been given all power. And he has sent me to you. May we be the wind of God. It's why we exist. Let's pray. Father, as we go through these values that are at our core, may they grip each one of us. May we as a community embrace not what Genesis is about, but what Jesus is about. May we hear your voice saying to us, as you said to your disciples, that if we will follow you, then we also will be fishers of men. That we would hear from you, just like Philip did. That we would wait for you, just like the disciples did. That we would do the things that you did. As God has sent you, Jesus, to us, you now are sending us to the world. And the world is as close as our family and it is as far as the other side of the planet. It is to the people who we will have influence with. And so desiring to be a people who are led by you, desiring to be people who are inspired, who are filled, people of the wind. May we now move, even as the wind does, to the places that you will lead us, to the conversations that we will have, to the people that you would bring into our path. May we not worry about what we will say, may we first think about who we are. May we think about what you have called us to be. And if we have no breath to give, may we stop and wait and ask you to inspire us. Maybe our life has yet to be changed. May we invite you to change our lives. Maybe we're at a place at a crossroad where we know, I need to stop playing this Christian game. I don't want this. What I want is 
a life that is dynamic. I want the one who has all authority to send me. I want the one who has all power to empower me. I don't want to play this anymore. I want to be for real. I don't want to do church. I want to be church. Inspire us even now, Lord. As we worship you, may you fill us. May we give our lives as a surrender to you. And we worship you in Jesus' name.